are listening to the Sports Daily. I'm your host, Reality Steve. Thank you all for tuning in. A good Thursday show for you. We're going to talk about the benching of Russell Wilson in Denver, what that means. We're also going to talk about how that affects this weekend's game in terms of the Circa Survivor Contest. I actually spoke with someone over at Circa yesterday. I got some good news regarding that. And in the NBA, the Pistons have lost 27 in a row, and this could easily be 34 before they win another game. And the deal between Mark Cuban and the Adelsons has gone through. Mark Cuban is now only a governor for the Mavericks, going to run the basketball side. But I heard him in an interview yesterday here in Dallas, and he brought up a very, very interesting point in regards to all of this. We'll get to all that momentarily. Let's start with this. Russell Wilson has been benched by the Denver Broncos for the final two games of the season. Now, (laughs) this is really interesting because the Broncos are still not out of the playoffs yet. They have an outside chance. They're 7-8. and Clearly, they need to go 2-0 to end the season. But they've decided that, according to head coach Sean Payton, the number one push behind this, and it's a decision I'm making, is to get a spark offensively. So they are going to go and turn to Jarrett Stidham. You are paying Russell Wilson roughly $35 million to be your quarterback, and you are benching him with two games left in the season for Jarrett Stidham because you need a spark offensively. You know what? Russell Wilson hasn't been terrible this season. He got 26 touchdowns and eight interceptions. However, they're middle of the pack in the league in scoring, 21.8 points a game. They're 20th on third down conversions. They're 31st in goal-to-go situations and 25th in passing. Russell Wilson only has one 300-yard game this year, and that was a game where they lost by 50 points, 70-20 to to the Dolphins. We remember that one earlier this year. So, He feels that it's just not there offensively. And if you watch the Broncos, it hasn't been. Russell Wilson hasn't been terrible, but he's not the Russell Wilson of old that has won a Super Bowl and went to actual back-to-back Super Bowls and could have won two Super Bowls in a row if his coach didn't decide to throw the ball from the one-yard line and throw an interception and all that. We remember that Seahawks-Patriots Super Bowl. But it is really, really curious because – Former ESPN reporter Diana Rossini has said, reported late last night, Russell Wilson knew two months ago that this team was pretty much going in an opposite direction once this season ended. Like, he was going to quarterback the rest of the year until they told him he wasn't, but Russell Wilson pretty much knew this was the writing on the wall, and they didn't want him after this season. So, will somebody pick Russell Wilson up? Yes. I don't really understand the cap numbers other than next year, marks the first year of a five-year, $242.6 million extension that he signed in 2022. He's making $39 million guaranteed in 2024, and he's not going to be playing for the Broncos. That means they're going to have almost $40 million in dead money. Now, I don't know what happens to the rest of the contract. Those are the economics about football and salary caps that I don't necessarily understand. They clearly are not going to owe him $242 million for him to never quarterback for them. But next year, I'm positive it says he's already going to make $39 million guaranteed in 2024. So after that, I'm sure we'll hear more. But by all accounts, Diana Rossini is reporting they are cutting him come March. 
and that cut is done for a certain reason. They so they can save as much as they can under the cap, even though they're already going to have thirty nine million in dead money next year. Will someone pick up Russell Wilson? Sure, he's not done. I mean, the guy threw twenty six touchdowns and eight interceptions this year, and his team's basically five hundred. He's a five hundred quarterback. Maybe if he quarterbacked a whole season, he'd get you to nine and eight, maybe a ten and seven. But he's not an elite quarterback anymore. He's certainly not going to win you a Super Bowl anymore. He's past that stage. He's 35 years old. And not saying you can't be good after 35. Look what Joe Flacco's doing. Look what Aaron Rodgers did last year as a quarterback or the years, you know, he won back-to-back MVPs at, I believe, 37 and 38 years old. So it's possible. But the way he's trending, Russell Wilson, you don't expect much from him other than he's a serviceable NFL quarterback. He's not. He's probably right in that 12 to 15 range in terms of best quarterbacks in the league. So there'll be certain teams out there, some teams that are sitting there that maybe finished, that are going to finish 4-13 and 13 this year or 5-12. and 12. They may go take a flyer on Russell Wilson because they need some better quarterbacking play. But I don't, know, I don't know how the money situation will work for him with a new team if he has to sign a whole new deal or what that is. I just know that the Broncos just signed one of the worst contracts ever. I mean, this is going to end up being worse than the Deshaun Watson contract, which actually I don't think it is because Deshaun Watson is guaranteed $220 million. Like his whole contract is guaranteed, which is mind boggling. Wilson, I know is on the books for Denver next year for 39 million and maybe a little bit more. But we'll, we'll, this this story is is um, still developing, but by all accounts, he's getting released at the end of the season. He will not play the rest of this season for them, and they're going to cut him in March. Now, what does this do to this weekend's game? Well, the Broncos were five-point favorites at home against the Chargers. Now they're down to three-point favorites. And what did I tell you yesterday in regards to the Circus Survivor contest? There's four people left in that contest. One of them can pick the Browns tonight, which I'm guessing they will do. And the other three teams have already used the Browns. So, judging by what I've seen on their teams that are available, the best favorite they have available, well, before the Russell Wilson changing to Jarrett Stidham, was the Broncos. And the Broncos lost at home to a 3-11 Patriots team with Russell Wilson. Now you're playing a Chargers team that, yes, has Easton Stick, but they hung with the Bills last week at home. You tell me the Chargers can't go on the road and beat the Broncos who just lost at home to the New England Patriots who are now starting Jarrett Stidham? It's possible. So it really makes things interesting in the Circus Survivor Pool, to me at least. And uh, one thing I wanted to correct you on, in regard, or correct myself on, in regards to yesterday when I was talking about the Circus Survivor Pool, I told you there's um, uh, nine, was it nine million, nine point two million? 9,267,000 uh, is the pot because 9,267 people signed up. What I needed to emphasize was not 9,200 people, different people signed up. I believe the number was in like the 22 or 2,300, only like 20, maybe it's like 23 or 2,400 people signed up for the Circus Survivor, but that show, but 9,200 entries are in there, which shows you most people sign up with multiple entries. And in a pool like this, 
where you have to pick 20 winners over the course of 18 weeks? Is it possible to just put one entry in and go 20 and 0? Sure. But obviously, the more entries you do, the bigger you increase your odds of actually going 20 and 0 because it's just way too difficult to put one entry in and win this thing. Of these four people left, I think all of them had multiple entries. I don't know how many each of them had, but I'm pretty sure all of them had multiple entries. I had multiple entries this year. Um, the first year I ever did it, I did one. And I'm just, you know, I was out in, I can't remember what week I was in. It was before week 10. And then the last two seasons I've been out, I got eliminated in week 10. But I did have multiple entries. So I wanted to clear that up. But yesterday when I was talking about, remember I told you, when there were 13 people left in the pool, 12 of them had agreed to, let's let's all split, let's all take home $400,000 for the 13 finalists. That took 5,200 out of the pot, not 5,200, 5.2 million out of the pot. 13 times 400,000 was 5.2 million. And then they were going to play for the remaining 4 million. And one guy stood out and said, no, I don't want to do it. I've got good teams left. I think I can win this thing. So they didn't do it. Now there's four left. And I contacted the, um, uh, the operations manager at Circa. His name is Jeffrey Benson, director of operations at Circa Sports. And I asked him yesterday, because I've dealt with Jeffrey in the past. He's hooked me up with seats at Circa before. Good guy. And I asked him, hey, if these final four said they wanted to collect $1 million each and then play for the remaining $5.2 million, would that be allowed? And Jeffrey responded right back and said, they can do whatever they want. We have no involvement in CHOPs, but will happily facilitate payouts as necessary. So, um. And then I said, you know what? I want to bring Jeffrey on the podcast. So next week, um, either Thursday or Friday, Jeffrey will be on the Sports Daily. He said he can give me, he's got, um, you know, uh, I, I he can give me 15 minutes of his time, which is like, that's perfect. That's all I need. We're just going to talk about the Circus Survivor Contest. People that are interested um, can be in next year. You can be from anywhere. But if you are going to sign up, you have to go to Las Vegas sometime between june and the first thursday night game in september and you have to sign up in person that's the only thing you need you don't have to obviously go there every week to put your picks in but you have to sign up in person so if that interests you you'll hear more about it next week i'm gonna you know jeffrey will promote it and i like i said last year we had a we last year the circus survivor pool had i think 6400 people in it and this year there were 9200 so and I don't know how many of you listening right now listen to Sports Talk Radio in your area. Um, I started hearing it out here on the Sports Talk Radio stations here in Dallas in June and July about the Circa Contest. And I was like, wow, that's interesting because now they are going into other cities, major cities outside of Las Vegas, and telling people about this pool because I think it was a lot of word of mouth for the longest time. This is something we'll talk to Jeffrey about. And they just decided we're going to ramp up our PR on this and get people in June and July to hear about this, that listen to sports talk radios, that are that are sports fans, are football fans, gambling fans. And look at what it did. It got them almost 3,000 more entries this year than last year. So if they continue on that trajectory, you're looking at 12 and a half, 13 million. Uh, in the pot next year because 
you might have, you know, uh, 12,500 entries uh, going on this same trajectory. So we're going to talk to all this about with Jeffrey Benson next week, but I was so glad that he was able to answer and respond to me yesterday. And, uh, yeah, he said he'd come on for 15 minutes next week and we can talk about it. And I can give you all the particulars if you're interested in signing up for next year's Circuit Survivor Contest. Little NBA talk for you. The Detroit Pistons have now set a record for consecutive losses in season in NBA history with 27 losses in a row. The record is 28, but that was with the Philadelphia 76ers at the end of the 2014 season and the beginning of the 2015 season. I can pretty much guarantee you that Detroit's probably getting to 28 tonight considering they're at Boston, who has the best record, I believe, in all of basketball. So they're going to hit 28 tonight, and then look at this stretch of games. They're home against Toronto Saturday, and then four consecutive road games at Houston, at Utah, at Golden State, at Denver, every other day starting on January 1st. So they play Monday, Wednesday, Friday, Sunday of next week. Then they're home Tuesday against Sacramento on uh, the 9th, which Sacramento's a good team. They should beat them too. The big one is Wednesday, January 10th, home against the San Antonio Spurs. At that point, the streak will be 34 games in a row. They're probably going to win that one because San Antonio is the second worst team in the league, and you just know uh, Detroit's going to know, like, hey, this is our only shot for maybe a while because after that it's Houston, Washington, Minnesota, Milwaukee, Milwaukee, (laughs) Charlotte, Washington, OKC. I I mean – Every time you say a name of a team in the NBA, they're better than Detroit. So whoever they beat um, is going to be a team that's better than them. It's just a matter of if they can pull an upset in the next seven games so it doesn't get to 34. But I don't see them winning any of these five of the next six are on the road. And the one home game is Saturday against Toronto. Toronto's good. So (laughs) your guess is as good as mine. But we'll see. Uh, how it goes for them. You feel bad, but you also feel like, wouldn't it be kind of weird if a team lost 40 games in a row in a season and almost comical? I kind of do. One final thing to talk about locally here, but it's still national news, is the fact that uh, the Dallas Mavericks have been sold to the Adelson family, which owned the Venetian Palazzo Hotel. Sheldon Adelson was the owner, but he died a few years ago and his family has taken over and now they have purchased a majority stake in the Dallas Mavericks, which is like you live in Dallas for long enough. And I've been here since 06. Mark Cuban has been synonymous with the Mavericks and he still will be, but just in a basketball capacity. I believe he only owns like 27% of the team now or something like that. He does not, he will have all, I, I guess one of the Adelsons, the son will have, final say, I guess, in terms of spending money, but all basketball decisions are being made by Cuban and GM Nico Harrison, head coach Jason Kidd. What's interesting was Mark Cuban was on the radio yesterday here in Dallas, or excuse me, on Tuesday here in Dallas. And this is the first time I've actually heard him discuss this whole thing and this whole sale. He's pretty much kept low profile. Number one, One of the first questions he was asked was, does this mean you're eventually going to run for president? And they were talking 2028. They weren't even bringing up 2024. And he said, absolutely not. He's he's having more impact with cost plus drugs, uh, which is the website where you can get um, 
pharmaceutical drugs a lot cheaper. Um, and if you're in need, go to their costplusdrugs.com. But he says he has way more of an impact doing that, He had, and he doesn't want to get involved in politics. So the one thing that he said that was really interesting to me, and it made a lot of sense, was, look, the biggest thing the Adelsons want to do is they want to create a casino-like resort here in Dallas, similar to the Venetian, if not bring a Venetian to Dallas. There's one in Macaw, I believe, and then there's the one in Vegas, clearly. My favorite hotel, pretty much the only hotel I really ever stay at. And his thing was, when you think of Dallas, when you ask somebody, you know, where do you want to go? You know, you save up money for your one trip a year. Where do you want to go? How many people are saying Dallas? He's like, very few. What is there to see out here? He's like, look, it's not like Dallas isn't a great city. Mark Cuban's been here for 40 years. But what are you going to Dallas for? He said, we're losing a lot of our bachelorette parties uh, to Nashville. (laughs) He said, there isn't any attraction out here for people to come see. And I thought about it. I'm like, yeah, I mean, I've been here since 06. I've been here 17 years now, 17 and a half. July of 06 is when I moved here. And there are things to do. But I wouldn't say there's things you need to come to Dallas to see. Like if you're in Dallas and you want to go to the Texas Book Depository and take that tour to see where JFK was shot and get the whole audio tour of it, that's a cool thing to do. Clyde Warren Park downtown, cool little park. But there isn't any attraction out here that you just can't get anywhere else. Well, what if they built a casino-like resort of like the Venetian here That has an NBA arena next to it. You got a hotel. And that's basically what he wants to do. And that's why he sold it. That's what the Adelsons want to do. Now, the first thing they got to do is to get gambling approved in the state of Texas because it's not right now. It's why we have to go to Oklahoma to go gamble. But Dallas, for those that don't know, is in the northern part of Texas. I am a one hour and 10 or 15 minute car ride from the Oklahoma border. And there's two casinos right across the border. And that's where I go sometimes um, up there uh, to play craps and stuff like that, you know, with friends. So it made a lot of sense when he said this. It's just, I don't know how long it's going to take. They asked him, when do you think gambling will be approved in Texas? He said, look, I don't know. But the Adelsons have a plan. And this is what they want to do. And that will be an attraction because... There really isn't one to come out here. Dallas is great. I love it. The downtown nightlife is cool, even though I don't. that's not my scene anymore. I used to be in that scene. It's not anymore for me. But the city of Dallas and the Dallas-Fort Worth Metroplex has everything that every other major city has. You know, we've got sports teams. We've got a great nightlife. Um, live music is huge out here. It's a really fun it's a really cool scene. It's just, it's not for me anymore. I'm 48 years old. I'm not going down to deep element hanging out, you know, I'm, it's just not for me anymore, but it is a good scene and it's got a lot of things that a lot of major cities have, but it doesn't have a main attraction. You don't go to Dallas to, to go do, Oh, you got to get out to Dallas to see this. Well, if gambling gets approved, And if this Venetian-like resort can be built in the downtown area or close to it by the Adelson family, then you will have your attraction and people will take the time 
to come to Dallas for a weekend or a week to do that. So um, it certainly looks like it's going to happen. It's just, a you know, we're years away from this thing being final. We, I mean, they haven't even broke ground on it because why would you break down? Um, why would you break ground on a casino hotel resort when gambling isn't legal yet? That has to get approved first. Then they'll break ground. And I'm guessing that's going to take what? three years to build a hotel and casino out here. So we're probably looking 2029 at the earliest 2030, because it's got a, you got to get gambling pass first, but it is interesting. And I, I mean, I'm, I'm all for it because you know, I love the Venetian. So if we get a Venetian in Dallas, does it mean I'm never going to go to Vegas again? Absolutely not. But will I try and take a trip down there and go to the Venetian here in Dallas? For sure. Anyway, thank you all for listening. I really appreciate it. Please follow me on Apple Podcasts. Also, rate and review. Tell your friends about this podcast. The Daily Roundup is up an hour ago. We've got our weekly podcast coming out in about an hour from now with Stephen Fishback from Survivor. Thank you all for listening. I really appreciate it. And remember, sports will always be the greatest reality show on television. See you. The best of the best.